Hallelujah, brothers and sisters at home and here at Christ the Cornerstone. Aren't you glad you follow God? Aren't you glad you follow Him right into the church? Praise the Lord. There's not a better place for us to be, especially in times like this. And I picked out a verse that will help us to remember the mighty God that we serve. From Psalm 29. Honor the Lord, you heavenly beings. Honor the Lord for his glory and his strength. Honor the Lord for the glory of his name. Worship the Lord in the splendor of his holiness. The voice of the Lord echoes above the sea. The God of glory thunders. The Lord thunders over the mighty seas. The voice of the Lord is powerful. The voice of the Lord is majestic. The voice of the Lord splits the mighty cedars. The Lord shatters the cedars of Lebanon. He makes Lebanon's mountain skip like a calf. The voice of the Lord makes the barren wilderness quake. The Lord shakes the wilderness of Kadesh. The Lord rules over the floodwaters. The Lord reigns as king forever. Forever he is king. The Lord gives his people strength. The Lord blesses them with peace. That is the mighty God we serve. No matter what we're going through in the world today, God is not up in heaven trembling. He knows everything is going to be all right. God is in control. Amen. Let us pray. Let us go before our mighty God. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, thank you for allowing us to be here today. Thank you, dear God, for the privilege of being your children, to be able to call you Abba Father. Lord, we love you. We lift up your name in every thought, word, and deed. We're here today to exalt the name of Jesus, to give you honor and to give you glory. And Lord, we focus on you and not the storms and the seas around us. Our hearts are set like flint, as David said. Single-minded on the goodness of the Lord, the power of the Lord, the promises of God, all of which are yea and amen unto us, his children. Lord, we look up to you and no one else. You alone have the words of life. And Lord, we ask today that you'll just keep us safe from all hurt, harm, and danger. Bless us as only you can, for the blessings of the Lord make it rich and add up no sorrow. Lord, we want that. That sounds great. Amen. Somebody's slapping. Hallelujah. That's appropriate. Thank you, Jesus. We give you honor. We give you glory. Thank you for your blessings. You say, when brethren gather together in unity, there the blessing of the Lord is. So thank you for blessing us for being here. Thank you for blessing those at home. They're not here physically. They're here in their hearts. And they're here in this service. And your presence and your love is with them. Lord, we ask today that you just watch over our country. Bless us here, God. Bring us peace. Take away the division the, the and the derision that is in this country, dear God. Let us settle down and be the people of peace who serve a God of peace, Jehovah Shalom. And Lord, we just need your help to do that. Let the peace of God settle upon America. 
We ask that you forgive America. We repent before you, dear God. You said if we did that, that you would hear from heaven and that you would hear our prayers and that you would heal our lands. And for that, we thank you, dear God, in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Hey, CTC family. I'm Bill, and here's this week's news. With new guidelines in place regarding COVID-19, there are some changes that we will have to make. Beginning next weekend, our services will be limited to 50 people. At this point, we will not be asking anyone to make a reservation, but please be patient with us and understand that we may reach capacity before you arrive. In addition, we will be taking temperatures when you get to the building. Wearing masks and social distancing guidelines still apply. Please know that we are doing all that we can to make our facilities safe for those who want to worship in person. And as always, if you feel uneasy about coming to the building, you can join us online every Sunday at 9 a.m. We are nearing the early registration deadline of December 1st for Perspectives on the World Christian Movement. This is an in-depth 15-week course that explores how God is moving in the world right now. Each week, a different instructor will help illustrate the textbook readings by sharing from their own experiences. The class will meet every Wednesday beginning January 27th. In-person and Zoom options are available. Go to our website and click on the link to find out more. This year, the ministry of Angel Tree will be entirely virtual. You will go to their website and enter our church's access code. You will then be able to choose a virtual tag for the child of your choice. Then you will be able to give a donation to sponsor a gift package chosen specifically for that child. Packages will include a gift card, a personal message from their parent, an age-appropriate gospel presentation, and an opportunity to request a Bible. You'll find the link as well as the access code by going to our website. For more information on these and other events, visit our website at ctcde.net or go to our Facebook page. If you need prayer, you can call the church office at 302-836-2862 or text us at 888-344-1022. You can also email us at prayer at ctcde.net. Like us on Facebook and follow us on Instagram. God bless you and have a great week. Christ the Cornerstone, so good to see all of you here this morning. Look at Karen's beautiful smile. You always, you always, whenever I say welcome, you're always looking right back at me with that beautiful smile. Anyway, thank you all for joining us online today. We're so glad that you're here. And uh, those are great um, opportunities that Pastor Bill just led us through to uh, remind us of the ways that we love God and love others, uh, serve God and serve others, and engage one another in in God's love and engaging the world so that all people might experience the life-changing love of Jesus Christ. That is what we are here to do, and I'm so glad that you've come this morning to to participate with us in doing that. You heard Pastor Bill say that the governor of Delaware has, has declared that we can have no more than 50 people. That came out on Tuesday, and on Friday he issued a declaration saying we can have 100 so we haven't had yet 100 people here in this room. So uh, we praise God for, for moving uh, in, in that direction so that we can continue. We're always wearing our face masks if we're in the room. 
We've got hand sanitizer. We're cleaning the tables still between services or before services and after services. So we're trying to make it as safe as a place. And as Pastor Bill said, please, uh, if you're feeling if you're feeling sick, if you're feeling especially vulnerable, please stay home. And especially if you're showing symptoms, you need to stay home. And uh, so that we can, uh, those of us who are healthy, we can get together and enjoy this time together. I'm so glad so many of you are here. It's great out in the mall area. People are bringing the Thanksgiving baskets and they're being delivered. And we just ask God's blessing to be on all of those activities. And we're grateful for the generosity of everyone at this during this season. We're so glad for that. I want to make a, a, a word about our Connect cards. Especially if you're here in the room, we want you to take the Connect card that is in that little packet that you received and fill out the Connect card. That's very important for us for a couple of reasons. Mostly it keeps us connected so that especially during COVID, we need it's so difficult for us to maintain relationships with people and we want to maintain relationships with you. So if you're here in the room, please fill out the paper connect card that's there and drop it in the offering baskets, which are by the doors as you leave this morning. If you're online, please go to our website, ctcde.net and fill out the connect card there. Um, it's very easy to do. It just lets us know that you've been watching. There's opportunity on the, on the Connect card to fill up and tell us prayer requests. It's so important for us to do this. One of the ways that we serve each other by praying with each other. And it's a way that we engage one another. And we, we help engage you with God because we are praying uh, to you. So please, remember to fill out the Connect card anytime, whenever you're at worship, either in the building or uh, online. And uh, finally, today is the last day in our generous series, so we'll be talking one last time about being generous with our whole lives with God. And so we be giving back to God as part of our worship. It's part of the way that we say, thank you, God. It's part of the way that we say, I trust you, God, with all that I am and all that I have. And so if you've got an offering to give this morning, uh, you can give it online at ctcde.net. Or if you're here in the room, uh, there are envelopes on your tables uh, to place your offering and place them in the baskets as you leave. Let's, if you're able, let's continue to worship God by standing and singing together as the team leads us.
praise today. Give the Lord praise today. He's worthy of praise. When we come into that throne room, the scripture tells us that we can come boldly into the throne room of grace to obtain grace and mercy in our time of need. When we come into that throne room and he's there in his glory and his splendor and we are soaking in him. If I'm standing here this morning and I'm holding a full cup of coffee and you bump into me, what's going to happen? I'm going to spill it. But what am I going to spill? Coffee. If I'm in the throne room, and I'm spending time with him, and he is pouring into me, that glory and that presence and that power, and somebody bumps into me, what, what are they going to get on that? The Holy Spirit. Now, I've been a pastor for a long time and a Christian for even longer. And can I be honest with you? Sometimes when people bump into me, the Holy Spirit is not what they get. And I'm, I'm ashamed to say that. But today, God has given us the opportunity to come into that throne room. And so when we are that full, we can be generous with everything that we have and everything that God has given Would you join me in prayer for our pastor this morning as he brings the message today? God, we thank you for that throne room, that place where we can come and soak in you. Nothing else. So that we might be filled with that grace and that mercy and that peace. So that when someone squeezes us or bumps into us, then that is what we will give them generously. That measure of the Holy Spirit. So today, Lord, we pray for our pastor as he brings this final message in our generous series. We pray your anointing would rest on him. We pray that you would open our hearts, that we might hear and sense from you exactly what you want us to do today and every day as we walk this life. We thank you, God, in Jesus' name. And everybody said together, amen, amen. God bless you. You can be seated this morning. Where are you? Maybe it's right where you need to be. Cultivation happens in your vocation and the work is a few. You can be called, but first the caller must change you. I'm constantly encouraged by the missionaries I meet. For instance, Pam's a podiatrist. She has beautiful feet. Raheem is a boxer. He's beaten the best. But his hardest fight is when he's daily fighting his flesh. I know a doctor. His name is Jason. He prays that the Lord keeps working on his patience. Sarah works in fashion, but she's no slave to the dollar. She's clothed in righteousness, whether white or blue collar. Jimmy is a fisherman, but he's found new purpose. He fishes for souls, but he calls it networking. Ling is a judge out in Las Vegas, but her favorite part of work is the cross-examination. Keisha owns a bakery with her husband, Ramon. They always tell their kids not to live off that bread alone. Keith plays basketball, and everywhere he goes, he has a defense for the faith while reaching for his goals. 
Theo is an officer, and this might sound crazy. He's the only cop I know who wakes up to die daily. My cousin at the IRS, his name is Thomas. <laughs> On many different levels, he deals with false prophets. Cultivation happens in your vocation, and the harvest is plenty. You don't have to be an architect to build a better city. We were each made to flourish. I love that video. In it, he's telling us to take what we've got, what we were created, the jobs that we have, the places that God has placed us, and flourish in it. Let it be the place where we, as followers of Jesus Christ, are the people that God wants us to be, to witness to the power that Jesus, the love that Jesus has, and the power in our lives to whomever and wherever we are. That's what God calls us to do. God created you and me to use anything we have so that others in this world will know and experience the transforming love of Jesus Christ. God changes us and he changes our world because God wants all of us to live a life of abundant love, joy and purpose. Now and forever. In this series, Generous, we have focused on the ways that we can live fully and abundantly with a relationship with God through our trust in Jesus Christ. Over the past two weeks, we've learned, we've learned principles about how to do that. So let's review what we've heard, uh, and then we'll move on to the last three points. And on, on your seats or uh, in that little packet that you received when you got here this morning, and if you're online um, you're just going to have to follow along, and I'm, I'm sorry we don't have a PDF uh, someplace for, for this, but we've been reviewing this. What I want you to do, if you're here in the room, I want us all to take this and let's, uh, let's, let's read out loud each of these priorities that we've already, just as, you know, uh, repetition is a good teaching experience for those of you who know teaching. So let's read these with me, would you please? Number one says, Give God's will priority over money. I can't hear you. There's too many people in this room for me not to hear you. Come on. Number two says, give sacrificially and not simply from a surplus. Number three, give to support those who proclaim the kingdom. Number four, give to God all that he asks of us, not just a portion of it. Five, give to and through the local church in support of various needs. Number six, give according to your ability and beyond. Number seven, give with a sense of loyalty in support of fellow believers. And we get to number eight today. Now let's look at the scripture that will give us the basis for these last three principles that we're going to cover. That scripture comes from Second Corinthians chapter nine, verses six. Through seven. Second Corinthians chapter nine, verses six and seven. Let me read those for us. Second Corinthians chapter nine, verse six. Paul is writing to the people in Corinth and he said, remember this. A farmer who plants only a few seeds will get a small crop, but the one who plants generously will get a generous crop. You must each decide in your own heart 
how much to give. And don't give reluctantly or in response to pressure, for God loves a person who gives cheerfully. We're going to stop right there and talk about these last three principles. The first of the last three, number eight, is give generously. He's teaching us to give. When we give, give generously. He's not just talking peanuts here. Someone in my neighborhood is feeding the squirrels a massive number of peanuts. As I gave the message last night, somebody corrected me and says, no, no, they're feeding the Blue Jays in the neighborhood because Blue Jays apparently love peanuts. Well, anyway, somebody in my neighborhood is feeding the squirrels peanuts and the squirrels (laughs) go to wherever those peanuts are. They grab them up. They jump on the wooden fence that divides my yard from the from my neighbors and they jump over into my yard and they scratch a little hole in the ground. They put their peanut in my yard and then sometime during the winter when they get hungry, they find that they sniff around and they find that hole that they have peanut that they buried and they dig it up and they leave it in my yard. All summer long, I'm constantly finding little peanut shells that have been left around. Now, somebody, the the guy that told me that last night, I said, you're ruining my sermon because really what you're telling me is it's really the Blue Jays that are dropping the peanut shells as they're flying over over my yard. But I like the squirrel analogy, so I'm going to stick with the squirrels. I'm a preacher. There is what thing called the preacher's license. So I'm taking the preacher's license and using this for squirrels anyway. I don't mind so much. Somebody's being generous to feed these clever community critters. But what I find interesting is that the squirrels hide them and put them there for a winter day. They act as if they almost act as if they're preparing an Easter egg hunt for their grandchildren on Easter when it comes around. There are so many peanuts planted in the yard. What's that? Oh, they bring them to your house, too. Yeah, that's good, too. When I was years ago, when I was living in Georgia, Carolyn and I were married while we were living in Georgia. I learned to enjoy boiled peanuts. Now, I consider Delaware coming from upstate New York. I consider Delaware to be in the south because it's south of the Mason Dixon line. And that's what I always learned divided the south from the north. And so I still think. But but even in Delaware, I find that people don't eat boiled peanuts and you may not even know what boiled peanuts are. Boiled peanuts are exactly that. They are peanuts that have been cooked by boiling them in in a massive amount of water and an even larger amount of salt because you need that (laughs) for boiled peanuts. Do you like them, Yolande? Yes, they're good. So this uh, this year, I, I, I haven't had boiled peanuts in a long time. Now, you can go to a grocery store, especially down south, and you can get a can uh, of processed boiled peanuts, I don't recommend that because those are those are just nasty. I'm sorry for the companies that make those. So this spring, I haven't had a garden since we moved here in Delaware. So this spring, I decided to plant some peanuts. And so I dug up some yard. About my my garden, my yard's not very big, and so my garden is not very big either. But I generously sowed peanuts in the garden that I, my six foot by ten foot garden. 60 square feet of garden filled with peanut plants. And they grew all summer long. And peanuts take a long time to grow and mature. And I didn't quite get them in early enough to to 
to have them mature before we had the killer frost that ended the growing season. But I did, I did pretty good. But if I had only planted just two or three peanut plants, I would have gotten maybe a handful of, of peanuts to boil and, and eat. And, but I didn't want just a handful of peanuts. I wanted a lot of peanuts, more than I could eat, that would force me to share them with others. haven't gotten to that point yet because I'm so stingy. And, I, I, and, and actually, I haven't had the time to dig up all the peanuts yet. So I've dug up about six plants. And I, and I, and I had a, hand, a couple handfuls that would, you know, mound it up like this. And so I boiled them up and I, and, I, and, I, and I enjoyed them. Gave one to my mother-in-law. She'd never had a boiled peanut. And the look on her face was beautiful when uh, she realized that boiled peanuts aren't as crunchy and crisp as a roasted peanut. It's mushy. And that was a little bit surprising to her, and she didn't expect that. But it was fun to watch. Thank you, Lawanda. Love you <laughs> for that. It's an acquired taste. But my little patch, even though it was small, I sowed generously in it so that I would get as big of a crop as I could get. Did you ever wonder why the Apostle Paul compares giving generously to a farmer planting a crop? Think about the analogy that Paul chooses to teach us about handling our money. And other things for that matter. Being generous. Why, when he's teaching us to be generous, does he go to the analogy of planting seeds? The reason I I, I think this is interesting is because when I think of being generous, i got some Money, see if the you guys on the camera is going to have to loosen it up a little bit and just kind of follow me. We're going to get to this a little bit later. But when I think of, of giving, I think that, okay, I've got some money and I'm going to give it to somebody. And I give it, Jen, I gave it to Jen. And Jen takes it and I no longer have it. It's out, out of my possession, and I don't care what Jen does with it. That's the way we think of generosity. I give it, and it's done with. But, but that's not what the analogy teaches us. And there's a reason that Paul is using this analogy of planting seeds to teach us about generosity so what is it? What's on the other side of that that Paul is teaching us? Let's go to let's talk about planting seeds. What farmer would ever plant a generous crop and then walk away from it saying, "My job is done. I'm never going to see that again." What farmer would do that? But Paul is teaching us that generosity is like planting seeds. Every time you're generous, you're planting a seed. Don't walk away expecting to get nothing in return. Do you get? To, I mean, this is an insight that I that I grasped. That when God is teaching us to be generous, He's saying to us, "Come on, people. When I'm telling you to give, there's going to be something far greater that comes out of what you have given." So give a lot. Give generously because you want an abundant crop afterwards. Be generous. Be generous with your time. 
Be generous with your things. Be generous with what God has created you, the skills that you have. Sow them. Because God is going to bring something that you don't even expect out of it. Be generous. Did you ever think about that? That was a, you know, I've been a pastor for a long time. And that's a new insight that God has taught me about being generous. Thank you, Jesus, for, for teaching me that. I can't, I, I, I can't, don't be stingy when you're being generous. You can't be. The two are, are, are opposites. Every time you give anything, you're planting a seed that will, re, that will return a harvest. Paul is telling us that to be generous, because, to be, he's telling us to be generous because the return on a generous gift is going to be far greater than a return on a, well, what is the opposite of a generous gift? Stingy, good word. Cheap. Tight-fisted. Selfish. What is a selfish gift? <laughs> But some of us have given selfish gifts. I'm going to give this because I'm expected to give this. I'm going to do this not because I really want to, but because I'm going to get something in return of it. And and, and Paul is saying, Paul is not saying give so that you can receive. Paul is teaching us that in God's economy, God's economy is a system that works like this. When you are generous, it produces a crop. So, so generously and the crop will be amazing that you give that God brings about to us. I want to try an experiment. We're going to move over here to this little table. Rebecca, would you help me for a minute? Rebecca doesn't know what we're going to do. And Jim, you'll be a good example. We'll, we'll, we'll do this. Uh, Mia, would you like to participate in this little? I got $10 here. $10 for Rebecca, $10 for Jim. Oh, yeah, I should put my mask on. This is difficult with the microphone. Just got to make sure the microphone gets on the right side of the mask. Otherwise, it sounds like we're all... <laughs> There's $10 for me. If I put the microphone under the mask, it just sounds like we're all in the bed under the covers together. That's just creepy. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I'm a preacher. These things come into my mind, and 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 sometimes, and and we all pray. Oh, Holy Spirit, give Roger the wisdom to not say certain things. Anyway, Lord Jesus, help. You know, I, I had the thought. What, what a beautiful song we were singing earlier, and and I I had the thought that, that as others were praying for me, don't ever desire to be a preacher. Only preach because you are absolutely convinced that, that that is what God wants you to do. And I don't want to, I don't want to be the pastor of a church. I don't, I don't want to be a, a, a parishioner in a church where the pastor is there for other reasons other than God told him to do that. Because this is not an easy job to do. And, and, and it's, and, and it's difficult. And man, I make mistakes all the time. And, uh, boy, I'm so grateful for the Lord. The Holy Spirit correcting these things and uh, making me say things that I don't even know I said. 
And then the wrong things that I say, he corrects before they get to your ears. That is an amazing thing that the Holy Spirit does. All right, back to the, back to the message. I got $10, giving everybody $10. I believe that these three, these three ideas of giving money, and when our, my children, mine and Carolyn's children were young, we had a little, we had a little bank, and as we were teaching them how to give, generously and give God's way. Our, the, the little bank that we had for the kids didn't look like this, but it had the same things. There was a place for giving. And in this, we were giving. See, I got a little puppy dog, people who need things. And we could put a church there because part of our giving, God tells us to give to the local church. So we need to give. And in the Bible, the, it teaches us to give for every $10 we have, God says to give $1 to the church to, to help with others and things like that. So this is what the Bible teaches us. Put a dollar in here. It's important for us to save for emergencies and just put money away because there's going to be a day when we're not earning money and we need to save it. So I'm going to put at least as much money that I give, I want to save. So I put $1 there, $1 here. And then the rest of the money is money that I can spend. Not a bad deal. I still got $8 left. Or we could make it 8000 if I want to pretend these are $1,000 bills. Do they exist? I don't know. <laughs> they should, and I should have them all. <laughs> so so I, th- this is what I spend on clothes, on food for the family, I, uh, all the things that I need in life. I've got, I've got this left over. But this is what God teaches us to do, to give, to save. And, and the, the rest is ours to, to live life on for ourselves and those who are dependent on us. Now I'm going to give each of you, uh, you can put in, well, I'm going to change it. I just did that for the sake of time. The Bible also teaches us, we'll get to this in just a second, teaches us that each of us, and I read this, should decide for ourselves how much to give. Don't give with somebody forcing you to give. And give cheerfully. So, me, I'm going to let you go first. I gave you $10, and by the way, I'm going to let you keep the $10 when you go back. <laughs> and um, I'll let you keep it. Jim, you're fine. You can give yours to the... <laughs> just, to just to be, you know, ambiguous and arbitrary and unfair. Because I'm the pastor. Oh, my gosh, what a horrible thing to say. Mia, how much money would you like to give? And you decide, but, you know, no pressure. How many? Okay, put them in the jar. Thank you. Was that four or three? Three. All right, and how much are you going to save? And then how much are you going to keep to spend? You put three in there, okay. And then she's going to spend the rest of it. I think those are fine choices. Let's thank Mia. For the decision that she has made. Here's my ten bucks. Well done. You can keep that. Stay right there. Stay right there. Let's see what Jim does now. How much? I mean, this is tough now because, look, Mia has set a bar, right? What's Jim going to do? So think of this, though. You have two children. One going into college. One coming up. You're, You're... you're a responsible dad. <laughs> what are you going to do? <laughs> no pressure. <laughs> We're going to give two. It, look, 
He's making his own decision. Yeah, it's good. And, and, and we're, we're watching, or we, we know or we don't know, but we're not judging, Jim. That's not our job. Okay. Yeah. Okay. How much are you going to save? Uh, two. two? Okay. okay. Very good. Anyway, he's got that, that to spend. Rebecca? Okay. This isn't a trick game. This is just an activity. Okay. How much are you going to give? You're going to give two. And you're going to save Look at, oh, 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 she's a saver. I am the spender in my family. She's a saver. Good, that's great. Saving is fabulous. Yeah, that's fabulous. And then she's got some left to, to spend. Thank you. Let's, let's thank them for their participation. Mia, you've got your ten bucks. I don't know how much that is, but go spend that. Jim, go spend that. All right. Thank you, everybody. (laughs) Principle eight simply reminds us that the measure by which we give will be proportionate to the return. Sorry, let me take this off. Will be proportionate to the return. Thank you, Jesus, for bringing COVID to us and all the inconveniences that come with it. Amen. (laughs) Keeps you humble. Thank you. All right, let's move to principle number nine. We got to keep moving here. Principle number nine says, give purposely as God directs you individually to do. We just saw uh, saw that illustrated here. Give purposefully. Some of our other uh, principles kind of indicate that when principle number three said, give to support those who proclaim the kingdom of God. Give purposefully. Uh, Give to the local church. Number five said, give in support of various needs. And and, and you you should not give to a church that you don't trust. You, you have, this is a relationship that we're in here. And the preacher said, gimme, 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 gimme. Get and and I, I was just telling the, the praise team uh, before church started this morning, when I was working, uh, when I was in college, I was in a singing group that traveled during the summers. And for two summers, we went to a camp meeting down in Georgia. And uh, there was a man, I can't remember the, 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 name, the, the name of the camp meeting that we were at, but the camp uh, during it was a week long camp meeting, and every day they had three worship services: one in the morning, one in the one uh, after lunch, and then one in the evening. And it was a time where the people it comes out of a long history. Sounds weird to us today, but it comes out uh, time in the 1860s and following after that, where where the body of Christ gathered together and they just camped together for for a week or ten days or something like that. And there was preaching, and and they came and they had great fellowship. And this. Tradition carried on for many, many years, and there still are some camp meetings existing today. In fact, Bethany Beach and Rehoboth uh, are all villages today that started out being camp meetings where Christians would gather together. And uh, so that's part of the, the heritage. That's there. So anyway, I was at one of these camp meetings, that, and every, they had three services a day. At every service, they always took an offering. And at this, at this, at this camp meeting, this guy, he was a pastor, he would introduce the offering like this. 
We here at Christ the Cornerstone Camp Meeting, we love offerings. And you love to give. So give. And I mean, he just, every service, we love offerings. I got sick of hearing that. But give purposely as God directs you individually to do. Verse 7 says, you must each decide in your own heart how much to give and don't give reluctantly. I want us to take this commitment card, and if you're here in the room, this is also in the little packet that was on your chair or on your table. I want you to open it up. If you're at home, this, this card, something that looks just like this, is on our website. So please, right now, go to ctcde.net, and you scroll down or find down, and there you'll see this picture. Click right on that picture, and it'll take you to a form that's, that's similar to what's inside this. This is a commitment card, and on the inside, on the... On the far right column is a tear-off. And what we're asking you to do today, or if you're online, we're asking you to fill out that form online to tell us that you have made a commitment. Now, online, we're not asking you to write down any amounts. We're not asking you to say, I'm going to give, I'm going to give 10% of my time to God. I'm just asking if you're making a commitment today. If you're here in the room, and, and many of you received one of these in the mail a couple of weeks ago, and there's an envelope to do it. We're asking you to take that, to tear that off, fill it out, place it in the envelope or fill out the form online and, uh, and return it to us. If you return it to us in the envelope, we will keep it and we will pray for you, but we will not open it because this commitment is between you and God. So we're inviting you to make this commitment. If you have the form... Uh, on the right side, that's the tear-off piece. You return that to us. On the left side is a place for you to record the commitment, the actual commitment that you're making so that you can keep that and you can pray about it for the year. And, and you can watch how God is providing for you to make good on your commitment. I can't tell you how important this is, to do this faithfully. And Carolyn and I, when we do this, we, we, we set, I set a certain percentage that I'm going to give each year, which is 10% of my salary, plus I add more to that as God leads me, trusting that God is going to provide that extra to me to be able to give to others who need to give. Some people set it at 15%. Some people have set it higher than that. Some people have set it lower than that. But each of us must determine ourselves how much to give. And that's number that's number nine. Before we get off this, I just want to go over these, these things that we're asking, these types of commitments we're asking you. We're asking you to make a commitment to use your skills and your abilities to work and to create for others. We, God is a creative God. God, in, created in creating us in His image, we also are creative people. Now, many people deny that they have a creative ounce in their body. But do you have a job? If you have a job, you are creating something. And you are therefore creative. And you are living out the very image of God because you work to create something for somebody. And that's what our work is. Work is part of God's image in us that we are able to create something for others. 
and many of it's for ourselves, but don't undervalue the ability to work or to do work. And, and I know that many people have disabilities. That doesn't mean that you can't create. You still have purpose. And if you can't use this arm, yay, God gave me two. <laughs> and if I can't use my ears, i got eyes, i got hands, i got other stuff. God created us to create, and if we're not creating, and I think, uh, I'm going to be sexist for a minute, especially for men, if we're not producing, if we're not creating, we're frustrated. Because God, I can, I, I, I'm being sexist because I am a man. <laughs> Let's not say all men are sexist, but I can't speak for women. I presume it's the same way. If we as human beings can't be creative and produce things, we get frustrated. God created us in His image to create. So we use our skills. We want, we want to be generous with our skills. We want to use our time, the 24 hours, wisely for work, for rest, for prayer and worship, and fellowship with family and friends. These are the things that we do with our time. And are you being purposely, purposeful in the way you use your time? Our money, we've talked about that. Using my passion for what? I have some cousins who are athletes. They're, they're great athletes. Two brothers. They're both, they're, they're both uh, PE teachers and coaches at the same school in upstate New York. And, and they come from a family of singers. I come from, they're, they're, they're my cousins. We, we're a family of singers. Now, my one cousin, um, they got good voices, but they're not great voices. They're not going to win the voice. <laughs> They're not going to be American idols. But, but every year when it comes to Memorial Day in the little town that we grew up with in which my cousins still live, they have a parade on Memorial Day and the parade ends up in the local cemetery and then there's a little ceremony for, for, for remembering all the people who have died. And my cousin is often asked to sing the national anthem. They know that he can do it because he's a coach, and at the, at, the, at the high school games where he's a coach, he's often sung the national anthem, so they know he can sing it. But what amazes me, when my, every time I've seen my cousin sing the national anthem, he does it with passion. And I'm, and I'm a singer. I know how to sing. I could whip off the national anthem so that it would be, it would be acceptable to anybody who, could, who was hearing it. But I wouldn't, I don't sing it with the kind of passion that I hear my cousins singing the national anthem. It's amazing. And it almost brings tears to my eyes to say, and I, and I listen to him singing the national anthem, and I think, what is wrong with me? <laughs> that I can't do even just a simple task like that with that kind of passion that comes out like that. If you've got something to do, do it with passion. Or don't do it at all. <laughs> and I know that I'm preaching to myself because there are many times that I've got tasks to do and I don't do it with passion. Lord, forgive me. Help me, Jesus, to have the passion for whatever you ask me to do because if you ask me to do it, it must be important. So, Jesus, help me do it with passion. So let's commit our passions. If it's a topic, if it's, a, if it's a, an experience, if it's a passion for justice, if it's a passion for, for, for being good in business, do it. What are your passions? Finally, make a commitment to ask God, how may I use and share the material possessions that I have? 
the lawnmower, the tools in my shop? Am I generous with those? Do I share them with my neighbors? I love when the tornadoes came through, how, how neighbors helped neighbors. You were being generous with your time, with your chainsaws, with your gasoline, with your water bottles. Some people were just making food and sharing it with others. Generous with your things, all of your material possessions. These are the kinds of commitments that we're asking you to take time to think about this and fill that out and return it to us. We're not going to evaluate you. on how, We're just going to pray for you on how you're, that God will help you. And finally, we're at number 10. Give cheerfully. Verse 7 tells us, verse 7 again tells us, don't give reluctantly or in response to pressure, for God loves a cheerful giver. And I don't know if you noticed it in this, in this Bible or in this passage that, yeah, I got it, that um, the phrase, God loves a cheerful giver, is in quotation marks in the Bible. That means it's a quotation. Where's that come from? Paul didn't just make that up. It was something that must have been taught to him. He was quoting somebody. So my Bible had some helps here so that I could track that down. And let's go to the the book of Exodus, chapter 5, verses 1 through 2. Now remember, this is the book of Exodus. The people have just come out of, they've come out into the the wilderness. They've been freed from from Egypt. And God has instructed Moses to build a tabernacle, which will be a sign of the presence of God with the people. Well, how are they going to build a tabernacle? Well, when they left Egypt, they brought all kinds. God said, before you go, go to your neighbors and ask them for for money, ask them for gold, ask them for food, ask them for, for clothing, and the Egyptians will give it to you. And so the people of God did that. And so when they left Egypt, they had all this stuff, but now they had to give their stuff <laughs> so that they could build the tabernacle. So this is God's instruction to them. God says in Exodus chapter 25, Tell the people of Israel to bring me their sacred offerings. Accept the contribution from all whose hearts are moved to offer them. That's a, that's a command. If somebody brings an offering to you and their heart is not moved to give it, it is not an acceptable offering. He says, accept the contribution from those whose hearts are moved to offer it. From the beginning... God wants His people to give out of our own willingness to give. This is the book of Exodus. This is not the New Testament. God's saying and affirming, each of you must decide, don't give reluctantly, give cheerfully. And then again in the book of Deuteronomy, again the Old Testament, chapter 15, verse 7 through 11. And now they were coming into the land, the promised land, and God says to them, but if there are any poor Israelites in your towns, when you arrive in the land the Lord your God is giving you, do not be hard-hearted or tight-fisted toward them. Do not be hard-hearted toward the poor. Do not be tight-fisted toward the poor. Instead, be generous and lend them whatever they need. Don't be mean-spirited. 
Well, I don't trust you. You're going to take this money and go get some drugs with it. Here you go. Have a nice high. That's mean-spirited. God says, don't do that. Don't be mean-spirited and refuse someone alone because the year for canceling debts is close at hand. Let me explain that. God had said every seven years, all debts get canceled. So you're in year six, you're counting, you've got lots of money, and somebody comes to you and says, I need $15,000, and you know you're never going to get that money back because in four months you're going to have to cancel the debt if you're going to do what God tells you to do. God says, don't do that. If they come to you, loan them the money. I'll take care of you, God says. If you refuse to make the loan and the needy person cries out to God, you are the one considered guilty of sin. Give generously to the poor, not grudgingly, for the Lord will bless you in everything you do. There will always be some in the land who are poor. That's why I'm commanding you to share freely with the poor and with other Israelites in need. Now we jump to the New Testament, 2 Corinthians chapter 8. Verse 12 says, Whatever you give is acceptable if you give it eagerly and give according to what you have, not what you don't have. God is saying to us, both in the Old Testament and in the New Testament, we have to have a relationship with God so that we hear God telling us what to do. We experience God's generosity in our own hearts, and that translates to generosity with others. So these are our ten principles for inspiring generosity. They're truthful and powerful teachings if, that if we commit to follow them, we will experience God's faithful salvation and abundance in our lives. If we don't trust God and act on what God is teaching us, we're not going to experience what God is saying we will experience. Just like if I look at a bridge going over a a great chasm or, or a mighty river, I say, oh yeah, that bridge will hold me up. I believe that bridge will hold me up. I believe that bridge will take me to the other side safely. But if I never get on the bridge, I'm never going to experience the other side. If I never trust what God is telling me to do, I'm never going to experience what God says I would experience if I trusted Him. We've got to trust God and act according to His teaching if we expect to experience the truth of what God is telling us He's doing. We're asking you to make a commitment today to consider these ways of being generous. I hope that you do. I want to pray with you as, as you watch God. This is a, this is a moment of, of, of trusting God listening to God and acting accordingly. I don't want to pressure you. I'm not telling you how much to give. I'm not telling you what to do. I am putting pressure on to make a commitment and make a decision because we have to do that. But listen to God in what you do and follow. I'm praying that you will have 
and will commit yourself this next year to these principles as we work together to fulfill the mission for which Jesus has called each one of us and brought us together as a congregation, whether we're in the room, whether we're wherever we are. We might be thousands of miles away, but we're part of Christ the Cornerstone Church in what we're doing, and we're all in this together. I'm so grateful for you. Thank you for enduring these messages uh, on money and generosity. And, and this is one of, the, one of the topics. But Jesus is teaching us very clear principles. And I'm urging us to trust him and follow him. As we continue to worship, the team's going to come and lead us in singing a song. I invite you to prayerfully consider these things. If you're online, remember, go to the, our website, ctcde.net. You can fill out the Connect card. Let us know your prayer concerns. Make your commitment. We'd love to pray for you this year as you're doing that. If you're here in the room, fill out the card, place it in there, place it in the offering baskets as we leave. And we pray together that God will help us be faithful and we'll see God do mighty things in and through us. We're just sowing the seeds. And we will rejoice in what God does with it. God bless you. Let's, I invite you to sing together as, as you are able as we pray and worship.
He's been faithful all of our days, from beginning to end, from everlasting to everlasting, He is the same. God, You have been faithful to us, and so, Lord, we want to be generous and faithful to You. And with all the things that You have entrusted us with, Lord, our our work, our lives, our passion, our money, our home, Lord, everything that you have given us, every tool that you have given us to work for you, Lord, we want to make it primarily work for you. Lord, we want our hearts to be generous. We want to be found faithful servants. So, Lord, help us as we seek to do that, as we make that commitment today to be faithful to what you've asked us to do. We thank you. God, we honor you, we lift up your name, and we thank you for your great faithfulness. We know, Lord, that as we are generous, as, Lord, as we in our hearts give cheerfully and generously, that you will bless us back. We thank you for that. We pray this in Jesus' name, and everybody said, amen. God bless you. Thank you so much for being here with us today. Those of you that have been worshiping with us online, thank you for joining us. Some next steps that you can take is you can, uh, whether you're here in-house or whether you're watching us online, is you can fill out our digital connection card and you can let us know that you're watching today. You can let us know if you've made a decision uh, for Christ. If you need prayer uh, or something like that, you can let us know that and uh, we will be in touch with you. So God bless you. Have a great week. Thank you. Good.